Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, why Arkansas courts did its own IT modernization. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world, and you'll learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Delaware's new CIO, Greg Lane, says he's looking forward to completing some key projects that he helped develop during his time as the state's CTO, now that he's in the top job himself. Lane, who spent six years as the state CTO before being sworn in as CIO last week, says the state's digital government is seeing a new level of maturation, and the attempts are all part of the state's efforts to put residents and visitors at the center of the experience. Long-awaited proposals to update a section of the Americans with Disabilities Act and introduce technical standards to improve the accessibility of state and local government websites and apps are imminent, according to Justice Department officials. The department said last fall it would issue a notice of proposed rulemaking in May, now a few months later. It appears that notice will come soon. Once published, the notice will have a 60-day public comment period where advocates can weigh in. Seven subway stations in New York City are now equipped with some type of artificial intelligence to track fare evasion, according to a May report from the city's Transportation Authority. The seven stations were not disclosed, but the efforts to cut down on evasion are the Metropolitan Transit Authority's attempt to get back some $285 million that was lost to fare evasion last year. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The Arkansas Administrative Office of the Courts has been modernizing its legacy courts management system, but not in the same way that many modern IT leaders are approaching modernization. The office is building its own system and piecing it together with multiple vendors and products. So far, the system has only cost the state $20 million, which the office covered with American Rescue Plan funds. That $20 million is significantly lower than the $70 million estimate they received from one vendor last year. Tim Holthoff, the Arkansas Court Information Systems Division Director, along with Marty Sullivan, the Arkansas State Court Administrator, tell State Scoop's Keeley Quinlan how the project got started and what's coming next. In 2001, um, we started an effort um, and and again, I, I think it needs to be prefaced um, by the the fact that Arkansas is a non-unified judiciary. So we have locally elected clerks and judges, and many of our efforts over the years have uh, been voluntary on the part of these elected officials uh, to work with us on this journey. Um, in, in 2001, we got some initial funding to start a project to see if we might bring a unified case management system to a non-unified court system. Um, and over the last 20 years, we had some pretty good success. We've uh, delivered case management at all levels of court, district court, circuit court, appellate courts. Um, we have uh, online public access to, to court information um, in, in many jurisdictions that's simply not available. We have electronic filing in every county in the state of Arkansas. So we've we've accomplished some pretty significant things um, with the legacy systems. What we haven't been able to do though is to upgrade or update these legacy systems to deliver a a modern court management solution to our courts. And and that's where we are today, is starting our journey of modernization um, to to bring the the things that that, um, 
if folks just expect the, the courts to be able to do um, like they do uh, when you're making airline reservations or getting reminders about your dental appointments. Um, these common interactions, typically with our phones, um, that we expect in our everyday life, um, we need to, to bring these types of interactions to, to the Arkansas courts. I think it's also interesting that um, Tim and I both have kind of grown up uh, in the building. Uh, Tim has been in the building 30 years, and um, I've been in the building 20 years, and neither one of us are that old. So we've spent, you know, good chunks of our lives here and we are uh, proud Arkansans. Uh, we have, both of us have really deep roots in the state, multi-multi-generations. Uh, and so we get the common struggles of Arkansans. And um, the first uh, 14, 15 years of my career, I worked in the area of judicial education. So I was responsible for putting together continuing education programs for all of the judges and court staff. And that allowed me to get to know um, pretty much everyone that works in the judicial branch uh, from early stages in their career. We would do new judge orientations. We would do uh, new orientations for the staff. So we had probably we do 25 big conferences a year. And so I really got to understand the people that were in the trenches doing justice. And Tim has done a remarkable job in his career. Tim built our first website. Um, you know, Tim um, really um, laid the the framework and the the previous state court administrator um, did a good job getting us to where we were um, six years ago. And I had the opportunity six years ago to be named the state court administrator. And I really looked at it as an opportunity to move the courts into the 21st century. And, and Tim touched on it. Um, you know, the dentist appointments, uh, orthodontist appointments, uh, you know, we, we get text reminders uh, for those. And I, I started to ask questions like, why can't we do this for um, citizens that have court hearings? Um, you look at the number of traffic tickets in Arkansas, and there's over a million cases a year in district courts. And you look at a lot of those, um, you know, people are busy, they have lives, they have kids, they have things. And so um, if you're giving if you're giving someone a ticket on the side of the road that you know they're trying to decipher that's a carbon copy of when is this date I mean I could I, I could put myself in the citizen's shoes and say yeah you know I, I missed the date or I forgot about it and so I think it's our obligation to put the service in public service um you know I think it's um uh, our duty to try to improve services so I think um framing it in a way of we've done a really good job uh, getting to where we're at, but we have a responsibility to embrace technology and to make things even better. So that's what we've been trying to do over the last six years. And I think we've done a really good job laying the framework and we're very close to, I think, um, 
really cool cutting edge things that other states around the country are certainly aware of and and watching us. So that's humbling and nerve wracking at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And so you mentioned some of the like challenges with the way the system worked prior, like lack of, you know, public facing engagement and things like that. What were some of the other challenges with the <laughs> legacy systems that were important to address moving forward through this prog- process? So, so this is, to me, this has been one of the most fascinating efforts of our, our previous work to get us to where we are and then how we go about taking us to, to, to the next generation. In, um, in early case management software days, the, the technology limitations of the software, the technology limitations of the hardware um, really limited what case management systems could do. And um, many of the case management systems around um, were were built to mimic processes um, that were that were largely manual processes. And um, courts uh, courts can sometimes um, find it difficult to to make major changes in the way that they do things. So I, I think that led many in the in the marketplace to to basically facilitate um, continuing manual processes, but you're typing stuff into a computer instead. Um, that situation has changed dramatically in in 20 years. And to 20 years ago, we were really at the dawn of the internet age. And, and one of the one of the things that that we were trying to to determine was can we successfully roll out an internet based case management system in the state of Arkansas? We we honestly we didn't know the answer to that question when we started, um, and and now everybody's doing things in the cloud. So we we started doing a cloud-based solution before people were even even talking about the cloud. But at that time, we we didn't know if we could be successful. Um, the, the limitations that we had early on were s- slow connections. Um, we've still we've still got some areas in the state where where that in itself is a is a challenge. And then when you add on things like electronic filing and document management, to a to a solution, the the needs for for bandwidth um, make it challenging for for some of our courts. Um, the, the the pandemic also um, had a big impact on on how our courts operated and the the use of Zoom or other video technologies. Um, we we managed, I, I think, okay to sort of patch in these processes. Um, to, to get us through the, the pandemic, but but now we're in a position um, where we have to imagine what's what's going to be next. How how do we continue the things that make sense um, and and really benefit benefit folks? So the, the the systems that we have, the legacy systems, were designed to replicate manual processes. They're very labor intensive. Um, if you make a mistake, it's hard to correct. 
Um, if you don't know which keys to push in the right order, uh, it's very likely that you're going to make a mistake. So those, those are some of the challenges that we're facing. Um, but today we have the availability of technologies, I think, that are going to take away some of those challenges. And just to add to that, we had, um, you know, I, I touched on the employees that are in the trenches doing justice. Um, you know, rewind 20 years ago, you're you're talking about district court um, clerks who, um, you know, have other specialized training, but they're not technology people. Um, and so in many instances, we were going in and, and having to teach uh, basic computer um, keyboarding and uh, to use a mouse, to use a mouse. I mean, and when when we use mice uh, back then, um, you know, so the, the transformation has been, you know, huge and light years from, you know, what we're where we're at now. But I think that's part of the journey. And, you know, when we were rolling out our legacy-based case management system, it would take weeks to do training. And so that was something that was very frustrating for me because the, the court staff um, were frustrated. I mean, it, it was very labor-intensive, and these are high-turnover jobs that aren't paid a whole lot. So once you would get a team trained up and um, either someone would poach them, another court would hire them or um, they would leave. And so we were constantly struggling with, um, with training issues. And I just felt like we could do better. And now everybody has a computer in their pocket and uh, everything is much more intuitive. So again, I think it, it, it it's, an interesting time where um, we're at the point where citizens expect this, but also the employees are now more tech savvy than ever before, and the products are more user friendly. So we we have an obligation to embrace those and and utilize those for efficiency's purpose too. Yeah, totally. And now, so I read a little bit about, you know, the the process that you guys have gone through. And I know after doing some evaluation of some of these challenges, instead of going with an off-the-shelf product, you guys decided to to build a new solution. Why was that the choice? Well, the, the court community, we all know each other. Um, the state court administrators, uh, we get together twice a year. Um, and I had heard a lot of initial frustrations from one big company that has their hands in a lot of states. And so naturally, um, one of the first things that I did uh, was realize we needed to replace our case management system. So I invited um, some of the, the leading uh, off the shelf folks to come in and 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 I literally asked for a ballpark price of um, a complete project and they came back and gave me um, the price of an actual ballpark it was something like 70 million dollars and I uh, thought there was there would be no way being a fairly 
new state court administrator that I was going to go to the legislature and say, hey, I need $70 million. I, I just, I, I did not want that to be my introduction into um, the legislative environment. So um, again, talking with Tim and talking with the staff and asking the right questions and then learning about the technologies that are available, I just posed the question, why can't we build this ourselves? There, We know the court community better than anyone else. Why would we buy a system that's off the shelf and then have to modify it to meet our needs? I just, it did not make sense. And then it would be a product that we didn't own. I, I just, I felt like the time was ripe for us to, to try something new. Uh, back in, in 2001, that wasn't an option for us. Um, I, I was the only person hired to work on the project and the, the division that I run now had seven employees. I think we had a COBOL programmer. Um, so part of what's happened, part of our transformation over the last 20 years has been to build a team of experts primarily to support and modify vendor provided systems. Um, but we've got some amazing, talented and dedicated folks um, that that believe in our mission and, and they're they're not coming to work here in IT to to get rich. Um, they're coming because they they believe in in what we're doing and and there's real meaning and value to the work that that we're doing. Um, and and it's really it's really only recently that we have a team, I think that's that's big enough and capable enough to to take on a project like this. I mean, going from one COBOL programmer to now having an entire team, I think is pretty impressive, though, and definitely sounds like necessary. Um, so throughout this like modernization, you know, effort, um, what kind of an impact has it had on operations in this stage of you know getting there, as you said? I think um, one of the impacts uh, has been for us to try to innovate some of the way we manage our operations. So as we're shifting folks from uh, maintenance of legacy systems to working on building a new system, um, we have to find ways to decrease the, the support uh, obligation necessary uh, to to support our customers, we have we have an existing obligation to support all of the courts in the state today on our legacy systems, but now we're doing it almost every day with a few less resources. So some of the things we've done, uh, we did a a cloud migration uh, of our legacy systems. Um, that that was um, pretty substantial to us because. Suddenly, I have fifty fewer servers to to maintain in the in the justice building. Um, plus, we have um, we we are confident we have greater greater security, um, greater uh, opportunities in case of a, a disaster or or um, the the need to to fail over. So we get to we have the the ability to leverage um, those cloud based resources. Um, We've also tried to find ways to empower our customers to, to better help themselves. 
Um, I, you see a lot of, of memes about folks um, going through the checkout line at Walmart or whatever, but, but our, I think our society is more accustomed today to, to self-help opportunities than, than they were just, just a few years ago. So when, when we look for opportunities where our courts can, can um, do things that used to our folks had to do for them, um, I, I think it's a it's a pretty cool thing, and it's an empowering thing for for a court. So those are some of the, the the approaches that we've taken to try to reduce the need for operational support, so that we can dedicate those resources to to building our new system. I mean, it's just like uh, I mean a, a simple um, uh, example of that is and there's ten thousand attorneys roughly in the state of Arkansas, and so. We have a help desk that that helps them if they need their password reset. So a lot of these individuals, you know, they they might not log in their system once or twice a month or whatever, and so they forget their password. Why would you have to call in? And why why does it take staff time to manually reset that? That's something that could be automated and and could take no time. So again, it's looking at the processes that we're doing and how we're spending our time and, and asking, I think, the right questions about um, how we can do things better. So the password reset is just one example of something that I think we are doing better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Those like little simple things, I think, sometimes are really underestimated as being like really important. Um, so you, it sounds like you guys have at least moved through a really big part of of this effort. Um, what are the next steps? Well, we it took us basically five years to get where we're at today. Um, and where we're at today is really we've built good relationships with both the legislative and executive branches and really tried to tell our story uh, in a way that um, demonstrates that we are responsible stewards and that we're trying to do something that's innovative. And so um, we were able to secure $20 million in American Rescue Plan money, and um, the legislature um, gave us that money in, in January. We received it this January. And so Really, uh, that sounds like a lot of money, but it it um, it keep in mind we were quoted seventy million dollars to do the off the shelf system. So, what we're doing is um, something I think that's really innovative, and I'll turn it over to Tim. But I didn't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. We invited uh, a whole host of uh, tech providers to come in and help us from slalom and tech systems and and others. Um, and really wanted it to be a partnership. And that's something that they weren't used to doing. They were used to getting these projects and working on, on their own um, siloed piece. And so we really are, I think, shaking up the market and um, they're realizing, hey, this is kind of cool. We can work together on this. And um, um, and so that's something I'm kind of proud of is, is um, you know, we're not giving one company a big two-year contract and at the end of that two years and you know we might may or may not have something we're giving them 
uh, you know, a quarterly contract where with deliverables that they have to to show us at the end of the the quarter, or we're not going to give them another contract. So, um, it, I think it it has created buy-in and uh, a level of interest uh, from these vendors that is unique, and I'm proud of us for for doing that. Tim, I for me. Um with the the responsibility of of this initial funding uh we had to think about how how do we reduce the the common risks um that that we face when you're doing a big and we we've had the the issue of our uh, legacy vendor for case management um basically not not providing us a a, a path towards modernization so um, when you're looking at at risks and, and facing a, a big thing like this, um, one of the, the obvious answers to us was, like Marty said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, we had, it was about a year ago, um, we had a meeting with um, mainstream uh, tech systems and, and Swalom uh, and, and AWS um, to, to discuss the possibility uh, the feasibility of doing a, a joint multi-vendor project like this um and and they were they were all very quiet at first um it, you know again it was it wasn't something that that they had ever done like this um but as we as we moved along and um they 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 became um pretty immediately invested in our mission um, so, so the, there was a bit being in the room and um, seeing the the excitement um, from the vendor community to be part of of an effort to try to do something like this and and really deliver value to to the people of Arkansas um, was was it was a pretty exciting moment in in my career um, and and what we've done so we have. Uh, AOC employees working side by side on teams with tech system folks and slalom folks and mainstream folks, um, building each other's skills. Um, we know, like Marty said, we know our courts. Um, there's nobody that understands how our courts work better than we do. So we bring this set of skills and, and knowledge. Um, but there are some technologies that, that our folks haven't had much opportunity to experience. So, so we're learning from them and they're learning from us. And then together um, we're hoping to, to build something successful. My last question then is what advice would y'all have to you know other agencies or departments that are looking to undertake a, a similar project um, about you know, maybe what you've learned along the way or you know, things that maybe surprised you? If I can start, Marty, I, I think one of the the most important things that that has happened in our organization over the last few years um, that put us into this position um, was a, a transformation into a more agile organization. Um, until until now, um, we managed lots and lots of projects, and we did it in the traditional waterfall. PMI, PMP, and I have several on our staff. And we've done the same project over and over with our implementations. 
Um, but to, to take on something like building a new case management system, um, we had to, to get new skills. Um, we had to change the way that we worked. We were a traditional hierarchical organization with um, various silos based on the type of work that was being done. And Marty, I, I don't know that, that uh, other state court administrators would, would be so gracious in, in giving us the flexibility to, to take a step back and, and really reorganize ourselves. So over the last few years, we became a team-based organization. And um, the, the, the idea is to, to rally around the work that needs to be done and not deal with the, the hierarchy of, of, um, of bosses and, and employees uh, doing, doing that stuff. I, I think our, our agile transformation and um, the support of Marty and the Supreme Court to, to give us the flexibility to experiment and make some mistakes, um, that's, that's what set us up to be in the position where we could take on something like this. Um, it, I, I guess the biggest advice that I would have is, you know, like I'm a huge reader and, and I listen to a lot of books, but, you know, there's a book called Reframing Organizations that really was a good start for me. Um, and you look through, you know, reading the light, the right leadership books. Um, there was a, a book that I read in college as an undergrad, um, uh, what is it? It's uh, reinventing government, or I think that's what it was in like the '90s. And I, I don't know. It, like, I believe in public service. I believe in um, the ability in government to do good. And so, um, with those beliefs comes responsibilities to prove it. And so, coming into this organization. Um, growing up in this organization, you know, I, I, I could see that we had a lot of potential from the employees that we had that could be doing more, that were curious and that understood what we were doing may not have been the best thing. So really it's, um, as a leader, um, believing in your employees and giving them the opportunity to um, give you feedback, to um to provide a vision and a path and they'll tell you what they need and what my responsibility is i feel is getting them the tools that they need to do their jobs and so that's the storytelling that's building the network of other state court administrators that's talking with other states and seeing what they're doing and how they failed because other people have failed doing this things and, and these things and these projects. So, you know, I think for me, um, my advice would be really get a good relationship with the leadership in, in your legislature. Um, talk with your governor because it's going to take all three branches working together um, and, and or at least giving you the support that you need to do this. And messaging is key. This is going to save so many millions of dollars um, in the long run in efficiencies. Not only that, I think um, a big selling point is there was some private case management systems that were being used um, that had some uh, accounting flaws. And the state literally 
um, was losing uh, tens of thousands, millions of dollars uh, from theft and other things. And so there's control measures in place with our state system that, um, you know, I think will um, remove a lot of the temptation that some of these previous employees have had to, to steal. Um, so, you know, it's definitely a more secure system and it the services that it provides the citizens really um, I can see having a positive impact on the work that we do by the reduction of failure to appears. Um, if you get a failure to appear, you're going to get additional fees, additional fines potentially. And so it's really helping the citizens um, uh, not get into a hole. So a lot, lot there. Um understand that. But again, I think anyone in the court community um, can get a hold of, of Tim or I, and we're happy to talk with, with our colleagues around the country. Um, it's uh, And when we do, we're on our boards and, and committees and stuff. So um, I would I would say that to any person in any leadership position, you've, you've got really good resources um, within your organization learn what those resources are and listen to those resources because I'm not an expert on technology. Um, and so I relied a lot on Tim, but Tim staff, it's, it's, it's a, a really great crew and we've got a good team here. Marty Sullivan, Arkansas State Court Administrator, along with Tim Holthoff, the Arkansas Court Information Systems Division Director. You can read more about the Arkansas Court IT modernization effort at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Coming up later this year from StateScoop, the 2023 IT Modernization Summit. This year's virtual summit takes place on September 19th. You'll hear from the top leaders in state and local government, as well as higher education on all things digital transformation. Join Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, Louisiana CIO Dickie Howes, Chicago CIO Nick Lucius, along with more than a dozen other top leaders across the community on September 19th for StateScoop's IT Modernization Summit. You can find registration links for the summit in today's show notes and always at statescoop.com. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.